I hope that by some of the songs, and particularly the last one, you'll get a feeling of what I'm going to talk about this morning. It's actually only two more weekends before it's Easter. Um, It's a bit like at Christmas when you say to the kids, isn't it, only seven more sleeps till Christmas, till Santa's coming. Well, this is only two more weekends to Easter, which is the most important celebration for us Christians. And so for the next couple of weeks, we're going to prepare ourselves for that celebration. And um, I'm doing today, and Maria is doing next week. Um, So don't miss that one. And really, I just want to start by thinking about um, how the good news of Jesus that we celebrate at Easter changes our lives and our world's needs. And I'm going to be looking at um, one particular verse. but be- Well, no, a couple of verses. But before I do that, I just want to ask a question that we're going to try and answer this morning. And the key question this morning is, Why? Why did Jesus die? Why? What was the point of his life here on earth? Why did he come? Why did he die? Why? And before we answer that question, I just want you to look around the room. Go on, have a look around the room at everybody. And as you're looking, think about what you're seeing different people. I wonder what you're noticing about them. Are you noticing what they wear? Ooh, I quite like that piece of jewellery. I might have to take that home with me tonight. Or I'm going to ask them where they got that coat at the end of the service. Actually, in my very first interview when I was um, a deputy head, I was being interviewed for a deputy head, and the head said to me afterwards, thankfully I got the job, she said, all I actually wanted to ask you was, where did you get your dress? So, um, so have a look. at What are you noticing as you look around? And then I want you to turn a mirror onto yourself, and I meant to bring a big mirror today from the, the bedroom, but forgot in all the rush. But just pretend... Look at yourself. I don't think we do that very often, do we? Look at ourselves. Think about ourselves. I wonder what people would say or notice about you. What do you say or notice about yourself? If you looked around, you might be noticing the smiley people or somebody's not looking their usual self today. But what about you? What do you think God would see? He's here right now. I wonder what he's seeing. As he looks around at everybody, what is he seeing? Because he's not just looking at what they're wearing. He's looking at the real them. What does he see? What does he see as he looks at you this morning? And perhaps the key question is answered quite simply Each one of us matters to Jesus. And we're going to come to that in a minute. 
But let's just read these verses first of all. Thank you, Carson. So these verses are from Luke 4. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Those verses were part of Jesus' first talk in the synagogue of his hometown of Nazareth. And actually, he wasn't reading from Luke, surprisingly, because it hadn't been written then. He was writing, he was reading from Isaiah. But what he was stating was, this is me. This is me. These words are me. And he's stating in this that each one of us matter to him. And he came for us. We mattered to him 2,000 years ago when he said those words in that synagogue in Nazareth. And we still matter to him today. The word says, he has anointed me. He was anointed to come for each one of us. We're a bit like Jesus' special project. Each one of us, all of us here together. Jesus came, came on his mission, did his special project, went back home to the Father to report on what he had done. We were his special project. And I want to unpick that special project this morning by looking a bit further into that passage in Luke and just picking it apart a bit. Because Jesus' mission then is still the same now. So they weren't just words written 2,000 years ago. They're for now, today, here. And Jesus changed everything that first Easter. But he can still change our lives right now, right today, this very moment. And that passage tells us about a few very specific things that Jesus came, why he died, what his mission was. And I just want to take each one of them I'm going to take a little bit longer on a couple of them, very short on some of them because of time. But the first one was, it says, to proclaim good news to the poor. And I've called this to proclaim life. That's why he came, to proclaim life, to bring the good news of life. And not just being alive, but life in all its fullness. And the good news to the poor doesn't mean he only came for those who didn't have any money or those who were deprived. No. 
It's relating to what Matthew 5 in the Sermon on the, Night, the uh, Sermon on the Mount says. It's about those who are poor in spirit. Poor in spirit means being absolutely hopeless at the end of your tether. Being so poor in spirit that you feel you've got nothing to offer God. Nothing to offer anybody. You're no one. You feel no one. You've got nothing inside to offer anybody. You feel destitute and hopeless before God and man. And if that's you, Jesus came for you. You, Jesus came for. Poor in spirit means that because you absolutely have nothing to offer, you are completely dependent on God because you have nothing else. I wonder if there have been times in your life when you felt like that, when you felt so absolutely hopeless. Nothing's going right. Everything seems to be in a muddle and a mess. That's what my life's like. There have certainly been times in my life like that. I'm sure there have been times in your life like that too. When you were without hope, you're completely helpless, completely helpless. And Jesus came for you. He came to speak life for you because he's always there. Unlike other people who say they're going to be there for us and then disappear, he never does. He just wants us to lean really hard on him. When we're feeling nothing, when we think we've got nothing, when we're feeling inadequate, when we're feeling poor in our spirit, when we're at the end of our tether, then he is the answer. And part of the story of Easter is realizing that we are nothing without Jesus. He is our all in all. When things are hopeless and going wrong and all over the place, he's there. And he just wants us to come to the foot of the cross, say we're sorry for the things that we've done, or just bring our hopelessness, almost without saying anything. Because the good news is that he's there waiting, waiting to give us life. And not our old life, but life changed, different, full. That's why he came. So that's that bit. He came to proclaim good news to the poor. He came to bring life. And the second one, the second one, thank you, he came to repair our life. He came to repair our life. He came to mend us, to put us back together again as we were meant to do. Most of us, if not all of us, at one time or another, have messed up our lives. Or we've been messed up by others. Our lives have been a mess, are a mess, have been a mess. 
and because we'd been brokenhearted, and we sang about that earlier on, he comes because we're brokenhearted. Each one of us at some point or other have probably had our hearts broken. And the word brokenhearted comes from a Hebrew word called shabar. And shabar means crushed into pieces, shattered, bruised, disconnected. I wonder if you've ever felt like that. I know I have. And you don't feel connected with anything. And not just Carson, when you've had jet lag from the day before. Carson's feeling a bit disconnected today, a bit of jet lag. But I wonder if you've ever felt like that, broken-hearted. Do you feel sometimes as though life's circumstances are actually crushing you? You put on a brave face, you smile, you seemingly get on with work or going out with friends or doing whatever. But inside, you're broken into pieces. You're in bits. And you feel as though there's no way out. And again, you are why Jesus came. He wants to mend your broken heart. And he's waiting to do it today. Have you ever longed for something that hasn't materialized? You keep waiting and waiting and waiting and you long for it. And somehow it just never comes and you just feel broken because of it. It smashes your life because you keep on waiting for it and it never comes. The promise of God is, the promise of Jesus, he will heal the brokenhearted. And the third one, Jesus came to set the captives free, the prisoners free. Now, I don't know, but I can't think that there are that many people sitting here who have ever been to prison or ever likely to go to prison. But it's not just about a physical prison that Jesus is talking here. He's not talking just to that minority of people who've ever been in jail. That's not what it's about. But I bet some of you here have been or maybe are today feeling as though you're captive, you're in a prison, you're held captive, your life is held captive. Maybe you hadn't thought about it in terms like that before, but that's actually what it is. So you can't get free. And each one of us are affected by different things that sometimes have a hold over us. And sometimes that hold overwhelms us. Sometimes that can be circumstances that hold us captive. You feel as though maybe things in your life just, you can't escape it. It keeps on and on and on and on and you just can't keep away. And whatever you do to change it, somehow it just doesn't seem to make any difference. And in the end, you just put up with it. However hard you try, you just don't seem to be able to break free from your circumstances and it overwhelms you. Or perhaps it's the past that holds you prisoner. Things in the past affect the way you think, 
the way you act, the way you behave, the way you react to things, things said or done. And sometimes these things are buried deep, deep, deep inside us. And sometimes they're buried deep in the past. Sometimes we don't even really know about them, but Jesus does. And he wants to free you from that. And sometimes I think we think God can't do that. It's impossible. It's so awful. But nothing, nothing is impossible for God. Nothing. And he wants to release us from everything, big or small, that is holding us back from having the really free and full life that he wants us to have. And that's what Easter is about. It's as much about that as it is about coming and realizing who he is and that he's died for us in the first place. He wants us to have a completely free life. I want us to have a look, a quick look at the story of Lazarus. Most of us hopefully will know that Lazarus was the brother of Mary and Martha, and as a family, they were friends of Jesus. And then at one time, Lazarus took ill. Mary and Martha, his sisters, sent for Jesus, but Jesus was busy doing other things and healing. And before he arrived, Lazarus not only died, but as was the custom in those days, he was in the tomb. And let's read what happens next. I haven't put everything in here, but I have put it, um, some of the, the main bits. Now, when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Then I've missed a bit out. And Jesus said to her, that's Mary, I am the resurrection and the life. I am. And Jesus lifted up his eyes after he'd gone in out to outside the tomb and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. And in a sense, that story illustrates why Jesus came. He came to bring new life. And that's what we celebrate at Easter, new life. And here in this story, Jesus, sorry, Lazarus is given new life by Jesus. Jesus raises him from the dead. He's come alive again, new life. Just like us, when we first commit ourselves, when we first become Christians and testify to what we've done by being baptized, we're given new life. Lazarus comes out a changed man. He has new life. But if you look at the last few verses a bit closely, 
it says, The man who died came out, his hand and feet bound with linen strips, and his face wrapped with a cloth. Lazarus comes out of that tomb alive, but still bound. His hands and his feet are bound by linen strips. His face is wrapped with a cloth. He's still wearing the trappings of his old life. He's still wearing the trappings of death. He has new life in Jesus. He is alive, but there's further work to do. And Jesus says some really simple words. Unbind him and let him go. We as Christians have new life. We are in li- alive in Jesus, in him right now. But some of us, like Lazarus, are still bound to the past or our circumstances. And Jesus wants to set us free. He doesn't want us to go on being a prisoner to our circumstances or our old life. Just like Lazarus, he wants to unbind us and set us free. So he's saying those words to us as he did to Lazarus. Unbind them and let them go. Do you want to be set free? Do you want Jesus to unbind you? That's why he came. That's what he wants to do this morning to all of us who need that. And then the next one. Jesus brought recovery to the blind. And in his life and in his ministry, he certainly did that. He brought sight to the blind. There are many instances, many stories in the Bible when that actually happened. But this passage is talking about spiritual blindness. Jesus didn't heal all the blind people he came across whilst here on earth. And although through us he continues to heal, and we need to pray that he, you know, that we can do that more and more, what he does offer is spiritual blindness being healed for all. He came, as we look to celebrate Easter, to heal so we could be healed from our spiritual blindness. Our spiritual blindness before we become a Christian was not realizing who Jesus was and why he came. And then afterwards, our eyes were open and we knew who he was. But sometimes, as we continue in our Christian life, we're still blind to the things around us that keep us from a fullness of life with him. We still allow some sins to trap us, to keep us, to hold us. We still sometimes allow us to be bound by things. And it's almost as though we can't see what they're doing. Sometimes we say things like, well, everybody else does it. It happens. It's a cultural thing. But Jesus sees right through that. And his word is the key thing. 
because he speaks truth through the whole of his word. And we need to bring his truth to our everyday living so he can open to our, our eyes to how we behave and what we do and the amazing life that he wants for us because he wants a fuller, better, amazing life for each one of us. And also, opening our eyes also means that we can see the treasure of what God has for each one of us. So Jesus, too, wants to open our eyes. And the next one is, he came to set the oppressed free. And I'm not going to say very much about this because time is going on. But just to say that we are here together as church, and church is a bit like Jesus' hospital. We're all recovering patients. We've all had something that God has done for us, the way he's changed us. So we're all recovering, but we are recovering. And he came to complete that in us and make us really completely better. But he also asks us to be his hands and feet in that hospital and help each other and pray for each other and support each other in that journey of becoming fully alive in him. So in those few words, Jesus declared his mission. He said why he was coming. He was also stating very clearly, although most of around them didn't understand, why he was going to die. I wonder if we know what our mission is. What is it that God wants us to do? Jesus was anointed for his mission. I wonder if you know what you've been anointed for. One of the things that we are anointed for is to continue doing his mission for him. So we need to keep proclaiming good news to the poor, for those who don't know. We need to keep proclaiming freedom to those who are held by their past or their circumstances. We need to bring recovery of sight to the blind for those who don't know who Jesus is and need their eyes open. And we need to set those who are oppressed free. Let's just close our eyes. Only God knows if any of those things have touched your heart. Only God knows if you know that you need freedom. If you need setting free from the past or your circumstances. Only God and you know if there are things that are stopping you having life to the full with him. If you want a fuller life, in this quiet time now, just ask him. Just ask him to free you or to open your eyes to bring you life to deal with things. That's why he came.
He came so that we might have life in all its fullness, in all its richness. For some of us, we might need others' help in praying through things. And if that's you and that's what you want, please come and find me or any member of the pastoral team. We would love to do that. Jesus is waiting. He's just waiting for you to respond. He's calling you. He's calling you. He wants to change you. He wants you to have so, so, so much more of who he is. Father, we thank you that you've been here this morning. We thank you that you are touching lives this morning. We thank you that you want to change lives. That's why you came, because you love each one of us. Each one of us matters to you. Each part of our life matters to you. Whether it's small or big is irrelevant in your eyes. You want to change us, to move us on with you. Because you love us so much, you want us to be complete in you. We just ask, Father, that you might just pour yourselves out to each person here. Draw them closer to you. Reveal to them the treasure that you have for them. Lord Jesus, come, we pray. Just come closer. Come into our innermost being. If he's calling you, then just respond. Just respond. Keith and the band are going to come up and just quietly take us closer to God in worship. And if you want prayer for anything, then I'm going to stand at the back and I'm sure other members of the team will join me. Just come. Or just ask somebody near you. Be changed this morning.